Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you for all the prayers you answered in the year 2022. We thank you for ideas, billion dollar ideas, and billion dollar places to execute those ideas excellently. We thank you for boldness. We thank you that you are our ever-present help throughout the year. We thank you that you move in your name in the affairs of our lives. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your sustenance. We thank you for your protection, your provision. We thank you that, Father, you overwhelmed us with your goodness. That throughout all the changing scenes of life in this year, throughout all the unfortunate moments of life, we saw your hand fall. We are so much grateful that you are bringing us to the end of another year. We cease not to give thanks to you, Father. We thank you and we appreciate it. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we thank God so much. In fact, just earlier today, I was just trying to spend some time and thank God for an amazing year. And I just realized how overwhelmed that I was. Particularly, I was focusing on all the prayers God answered for me. I remember the prayers we prayed, the six things to pray for 2022. And I was just taking an inventory of how God came through for me in all those prayers. The ideas, the boldness, the help, the favor, the increase. And I'm like, wow, that's been an excellent year. In fact, I am overwhelmed with the goodness of God. I missed all that is going on around. And I'm encouraging you that as long as the year has not ended, take an inventory of your life, of your journey with God this year, and you'll be amazed. I'm amazed. So tonight, we are bringing to you our Christmas message, and the season is the season of the birth of Jesus. It's not the, the season where the church claims that Jesus was born, but it's the season that the church universe at that time chose to, to select or to capitalize on a pagan carnival that was held on that day. So the church universal at that time, or the church at that time, decided to also use that day to mark the day that we choose to celebrate the birth of Jesus. To capitalize on the occasion when people gather for that street carnival for a pagan festival. So we are just saying that the church universal is saying that we have chosen this day to remember God's gift to us. And tonight, I just want to share with us our seasonal message that we have entitled His Gift to Us. And we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 1, the verse number 23. But before we, we hear God's word to us, this is my personal word. <laughs> it's just a little um, encouragement. Um, I passed by church earlier. There was a church meeting. I'm like, oh, I have not gone for some before, so let me just go and listen. And one of the things that stood out for me was how people, a lot of us, are really and extremely wicked people. Wicked from the point of view that we like to reap where we have not sown. And if you remember the parable of the talents, the man who received the one talent said, Master, I know you are a wicked man, gathering where you have not strong and reaping where you have not harvested. And the master did not deny the reality of the statement that it is wickedness to harvest what you have not sown 
But what the servant forgot was that the master had invested one talent into him. So the master had the right to harvest or to reap what he has sold. So it's really wickedness. And I feel like many of us place demands on people and institutions that we have not invested in. So many of us feel hurt and bitter because we felt like people have been ungrateful to us. When the reality is that we did not play any significant role in becoming who they are. I remember once on this podcast, I shared something about you should see how people quickly come out when somebody makes it in life. So let's say maybe a footballer, a young guy enters the global stage, maybe they walk up and begins to make it. All of a sudden, you see people who claim that I bought him his first shoe, I bought him his first jersey, I encouraged him, I was the only teacher who believed in him. Everybody's coming out to claim an inheritance in this boy's success. It's, some may be true, but a number of them are false. Many people place a demand on churches that they belong to where they have not invested. Personally, in my church, I've seen so many people who came to church just because they were about to get married. And as I was at the meeting, uh, one of the leaders was talking about how the fact that he met this church member who has stopped coming to church. And I was like, why? The person was like, when his wife fell sick, nobody knew. And so they were trying to really analyze. And this was a guy who joined the church just because he wanted to get married. Immediately after the marriage, he stopped coming to church. So it was because he stopped coming to church that one of the leaders noticed and came to ask. And the leader was visiting him. The leader was representing the church in him or to, to him whenever he visited. But the guy who had not invested in the church, who doesn't come for any organizational meeting, only on Sundays. And even with that one, he comes and spends no more than an hour. He comes late, he leaves early. Felt bitter. Because the whole church leadership did not come to visit his wife when the wife was ill. When there was a church leader constantly visiting. And you see, many a times we are like that. We are quick to call friends ungrateful. Or we are quick to say friends have doggers when we have not invested much into that friendship. And I don't know where this thing is coming from. But as I was sitting through the meeting, there's a particular lady that I was so shy, if I could say, when she was sharing about the time that she felt sick for about three months. And nobody in the church knew that this is one lady that everybody always blames when they don't come to church and nobody checks upon them. Whereas this lady has been in the church since she was born. She's always at every meeting. She's always at every program. She's always checking up on people. But nobody checks up on her. Yet, even when she was ill for months and nobody visited her, she didn't even see it as something worth concerning. But people who only come for Sundays occasionally are the ones that feel bitter. People who don't invest in friendship. You see some people who just send you a message at all times telling you to maybe upload their business flyer on their status. Not that it's a big deal, but this is somebody that you don't have that rapport with. And you don't even have the care to say, oh, hello, hi, um, it's been a while and I'm having this business, I would appreciate it. You do nothing like that. All you need is to send a broadcast message. And when the person has to upload your flyer, you are quick to say that people don't believe in you. Let us not be wicked people. You have no right to benefit from a friendship you have not invested in. You see, when people make it in life, all their GSS friends, primary school friends, university classmates, all of them appear. And everybody feels like they own a share. Especially, we see this, especially when um, a man dies. You see relatives coming from all over Ghana who feel entitled to get a share of this man's inheritance when they contributed literally nothing to who this man is. 
And I feel like this is something I just want to share with us as we celebrate this festive season. You don't wish people happy birthday. You don't invest in friendships. You don't send people birthday gifts. Yet you are expectant and you go around accusing people. Let's not do those things. So that is my personal word. But let's see what God has to tell us from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, which I titled, His Gift to Us. And this is the angel speaking here. I want to focus on what the angel told Mary. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. God with us. And I think I've shared on this platform how the suffix el talks about god so when you see gabriel michael luciel so we have emmanuel and this is what the angel is saying that a son will give birth to a virgin and the angel was quoting the prophet isaiah i believe and it's letting us know one of the key things about the coming of this son from a virgin is that he will represent god with us you know Many of us, the only gift we appreciate is money-related gifts. And I've noticed that for the Ghanaian culture, either it's money or you are coming for my somebody's funeral or somebody's wedding or my wedding, apart from these two things. So I remember one day at the youth meeting, a friend was talking about how she had this very close friend that I think the person lost her dad and where she was, she could not come. But she made due diligence to send her token of love. And this friend up to date is angry with her because she did not show up for the funeral. When she clearly told her beforehand that I will not be able to make it. And still went extra mile to send what we will call a contribution. But the friend felt like you were not there for me. And many a times in Ghanaian settings, we appreciate only monetary gifts and gifts when you come for my wedding or you come for um, a loved one's funeral. Also in our relation with God, that's why many of us cannot be grateful to God because we look at the fact that we are not in that kind of a car or we are not having that house or we are not occupying a certain position in a political party or in government or in a company. So we feel that God has not dealt well with us. God has not overwhelmed us with his generosity. And in this season, God is letting us know that there's a gift he has given to us. And it's a gift that many of us do not appreciate. But God, through tonight's discussion, he wants to open our eyes to this precious gift and is the gift of access to him is the gift of access to him so jesus or the angel was telling mary that this son you are going to give birth to his name will be called emmanuel because he's literally a representation that god has come to dwell with his people now this was what adam lost the ability to relate with god on a certain level so you realize that when adam sinned what god did was to suck him away from eden away from his presence so the bible said and adam departed towards the east away from the presence of god now what Jesus' coming came to do was to restore us back into his presence, was to give us access back to God. Because when Adam said, Jesus, God told him that in the day you disobey or that is eating the fruit, you shall die. And because God is life and God is light, darkness cannot cohabit with him. Death cannot cohabit with him. Man lost access to God. And that is the essence of the temple and the tabernacle in the old covenant. God just making up a certain temporary arrangement where man, through a high priest, once a year, could have a certain level of access to God. 
But the coming of Jesus was a coming where God now became with us. And the most important thing is that God did not just stop at that point. And I love what Jesus said. I said, it is expedient that I go. And what he's going will do is that he's going to give access to the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us. So Jesus again said in John that he will love me and obeys my commandment. I and my father will come and dwell in him and manifest ourselves to him. So if you look at the whole Bible, it is God literally making an attempt to have access, unrestricted access to man. And for man to have an unrestricted access to God. And this is the gift that the Christmas season is reminding us of. But it's a gift that many of us do not appreciate. The gift of access. Now there are so many scriptures that we can read. And let's just read a few of them. So please bear with us. And let's just read a few of them. You can take your Bible from your phones, I'm sure. Or if you have your hard copy Bible. And let's just read some scriptures and I share some few thoughts. Then you can continue enjoying your Christmas or your festive season. So let's start with Exodus chapter 29, verse 45. It says that Jesus is God speaking here and he said, And I will dwell among the children of Israel and I will be their God. Verse 46. And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, that brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them, and I may be their God. This was when God was speaking to Moses about the arrangement of the temple and the tabernacle. And he was saying that one of the purpose of this tabernacle is for the people to know that I will dwell among them. So look at the obsession of God is to dwell amongst us. And there are so many scriptures, even in Leviticus, so many scriptures, but we cannot read all of them. So I just took a few of them. Now let's go to Zachariah. And one of the reasons why I chose Zachariah is because most of us have not read Zachariah before. So at least today, touch Zachariah on your phone or on your tablet. So Zachariah 8, 8, and it says, or let's have the verse 7. Thus is the Lord of hosts. Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country. I will bring them and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and they shall be my people and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. So here again, you see God's obsession about being our God, about dwelling in the midst of us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. The book of Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. Here again we see, For this is the covenant that I would make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Verse 11, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. He's saying a time is coming where you don't need to go to a high priest, a prophet, or a tabernacle to have access to me, to know how I am, to know my laws and my precepts. But I'm going to put them in your mind and in your heart so that nobody will have to teach you how to relate to me. But every man from the least to the greatest will know how to relate with me. Fantastic. 
the same Hebrews, let's just swipe backwards to chapter 4, or let's look at chapter 10 again, verse 19, before we go to the chapter 4, chapter 10, verse 19. It says, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them, and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Now, where the remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, which has been consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, which is his flesh. Verse 21. And having an high priest over the house of God, because we have a high priest over the house of God, and this high priest has already paved a way for us. Look at what it says in verse 22. Let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. There's so much to unload in these verses, but what we are focusing on is let us draw near. It is one of God's obsession for us that we should draw near. And in a famous scripture we know in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly. Come boldly. The gift of access. The last but one scripture that we read, Ephesians 2. In fact, the whole of Ephesians 2 ends with this point. But let's just look at from the verse 13 to the verse 15. But now in Christ Jesus, you were sometimes afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We were afar off. We were aliens from God, cut off from the commonwealth of Israel. But we have been brought near. Now verse 14, for he is our peace who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That thing that was separating us from getting access to the Father, that wall that separated light from darkness has been broken because now we have been made light. Therefore, we have access to the Father of light. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twine one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them which were near. Verse 18. For through him we have access by one spirit unto the Father. This, this truths are so overwhelming. Verse 18 again. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Verse 19. Now therefore we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. This is where I got the, the name for our telegram channel, the household of the Father. Let us read the verse 18 again. I love it. For through Jesus, we have access by one spirit unto the Father. Therefore, I am no more a stranger. You are no more a foreigner. But we are fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. Our last scripture 
it's amazing there's so much as in the scripture in second corinthians 616 but we can go with that personal letters read romans 5 the scripture that opened the church from the dark ages this was a scripture that transformed martin luther's life and i fell in love with the scripture so much it says therefore be justified by faith you have peace with god so when we want to say blessed are the peacemakers he's not talking about those who get separate who are quarreling but this is the peace to those who reconcile men to god that is the peace we are supposed to preach that god is no longer angry at you that god wants to dwell so close to you that he has given us a spirit that we can dwell in him and he in us god is closer than our own flesh that's how close god is is like a, a, a spouse who is clinging on to the the the, the pastor how oh, beautiful beautiful and it says the verse 2 by whom we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God the gift of access and this is what the christmas season is all about when god made the ultimate effort to break the wall of partition that separated us from him and god gave us an offer that come the gift of access is the gift that this season brings and it's a gift that many of us are not even aware of therefore we do not appreciate but do you know what it means to have access to the father as i was meditating on this 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 message that god laid upon my heart god just drew my mind to political leaders and because i'm an african is what i can see i'm not in europe or in asia but if you look at african leaders you see how important the gift of access is those who have access to the presidency and you realize that the people that cause trouble are people who are closer to the presidency so the closer you are to the presidency the more confident in yourself you are so you see people who break traffic regulations who disobey road signs and who violate laws and if they are caught or they are arrested the only thing they have to do is to pull out their phone their phone and make a phone call and that literally sorts out everything so imagine the head of police the igp is my friend and i'm in a traffic and i feel like actually i can i'm too big to stay in a traffic so i begin to drive on the shoulders of the road and i'm caught all i need to do is to make a phone call to the igp and hand over the phone to the policeman and all that they say is oh is my boy you can let him go that is what they call the gift of access and you see if people can misbehave just because they have the phone numbers of certain people do you know the access you have just because you have access to the phone so you should see how arrogant the children of political leaders can be just because they have unlimited access to the presidency who is their father their uncle their nephew their niece their father's friend their father's close friend you should see the way children of rich kids are so confident in themselves because they have access through their father to a certain wealth but unfortunately many believers are living defeated lives and we have a corrupted mentality and an image of ourselves because we don't know that we have access to the uncreated creator we don't appreciate what it means to have access to the monarch of the universe the one who created all things and yet was created by no one this is what the christmas season is about God is reminding you that you have my phone number. You have my phone number. All you have to do when you are caught up in a mess is to call me. 
All you have to do when you don't seem to know what to do next is to call me. All you have to do when you are in scarcity and it seems like you don't know where your next meal, where your next door is coming, is going to be open from. All you literally have to do is to call me. So in Ghana, we make a statement, do you know who I am? And when people say this thing, they don't literally mean who they are because if you are somebody, you will not need to say, do you know who I am? Our president doesn't need to go and say, do you know who I am? Because we all know who our president is. So those who say, do you know who I am? They are indirectly saying, do you know who I have access to? Do you know whose phone number I have? Do you know who is my friend? Do you know who I can call? And God is asking you, do you know who you are? In this Christmas season, God is saying that he gave us Emmanuel, God with us. And the Emmanuel, when he was about to leave, gave us the Holy Spirit, who is God in us. And all this thing is just so that we can have unrestricted access to the Father. So I remember one day I was talking with a friend and, and we were talking about, I think, a project that happened in Ghana and we were surprised how the project that the, the company has been um, soliciting for funds from state institutions, from the big companies, and nobody minded the organization or the project until the first lady made the invitation. <laughs> Immediately the first lady said that, oh, we beseech Ghanaians to come and help so, so, and so. <laughs> In the twinkle of an eye, the funds were made available. And my friend was telling me that, Shay, you first lady is saying, you will come, your company will come and sponsor. All he has to do is to whisper to the husband on the bed. I say, my friend, the CEO of this and this, removing. The director of this and this, removing. So the first lady in herself is not powerful, but she's connected to power. So we in ourselves, we have no power whatsoever to to do anything, to cause any significant change, but we sleep next to power. So when in Acts chapter 19, verse 17, I believe, or verse 15, when the sons of Sceva tried to mesmerize and cast out the devil, what the devil was saying when he said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, he simply said, I know who Jesus is connected to. And because of his connection, I know who he is. I know Paul because of his connection. But you, I don't know you and you are not connected to any power. How dare you command me? And the only reason why demons will listen, the only reason why principalities, powers, the only reason why we can cast out demons, the only reason why we can heal the sick and raise the dead, the only reason why we can walk in the miraculous and enjoy the supernatural and benefit of his generosity is because we are connected to power. We on ourselves are as fragile and weak as anything. We are weaker than a leaf. If you know how hopeless and weak human beings are, we are powerless. But just because of our connection to power. So just look at the human society. Look at how people, because of their connection to oil, because of their connection to gold, because of their connection to one resource or another, when they speak, literally the whole world listens. It's not because of they themselves. It's because they are connected to some nuclear weapons. And the same thing that God is letting us know in this season is not that you in yourself can do much about your life or can change your situation, but you have access to me. All you have to do is to make that call. That is why he says that he's our ever-present help in times of trouble. He is not that big man that when you call him, he will tell you that, brah, let me call you back. I am in a meeting or I'm at, I'm at parliament or I'm in Flagstaff House. So I call you back. He is ever present. And in this Christmas season, 
God is letting you know that in the year 2023, you have access to me. And in this year, the year has not ended because remember, we are serving the God of the 11th hour. You have access to the Father. What have you been using your access for? What have you been using? The gift of access. And one woman who knew how to use this gift was the woman called Jezebel. She on herself was a weakling. She could not do nothing. But just because she was the wife of the king Ahab, even things that Ahab dared not do, she could do it. So Ahab wanted a field and he went to the president. The president said, no, I will sell the field to you. And Jezebel was like, are you not the king? Hey, that's the same thing that God is telling us. Are you not connected to the king? How can the king want your land? And you, a common citizen, you will sell your land. The king is even asking to buy too. And Jezebel did what Jezebel does best. And the land became that of the kings because she knew that she was connected to power. That is the only reason why when she threatened the prophet, the prophet had to run for his life because the prophet knew that this woman cannot do much. In fact, she cannot, if it comes to a physical wrestling, I will beat her hand down. But the reason why I must run for my life is because she's connected to the throne. And I'm believing God that each and every one of us, especially myself, we will know how powerful we are, how resourced we are, how advantageous we are, because we are connected to the truth, the gift of access. Study about Jezebel so that you know how to use your gift of access. And if you look at how Jezebel, Jezebel was so stubborn that even in Revelations, there's a spirit of Jezebel. And it's a spirit that knows how to use her access to the king to get the thing she wants. But look at us Christians. We are so defeated in our mindset. We are so defeated. We live as though we are orphans. When Jesus himself said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. But because I have said, you can also say, and what did Jesus say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Spirit, God in us. The hope of glory. The gift of access. And this is a gift that we despise even in our relations with people. That's why for many of us, we don't appreciate friendship. To have people's numbers, we don't appreciate it. That's why people can be employed in companies or have the numbers of certain important people and they will abuse those numbers. You see house helps who enjoy their, their connection with being the house help of social and so to misbehave in town. And many people have blocked opportunities because they abuse the access they had to certain important people in society. So now those important people have distanced themselves from helping people only because somebody abused access. Therefore, come boldly. Therefore, seeing that we have been brought nigh, we have access by one spirit unto the Father. How have you used your gift of access in with important people? What made Daniel Daniel was his access to the king. What made Joseph Joseph was his access to Pharaoh. And what will make us dominant over this world, fruitful, is our access to the Father. And the Bible says that when the blood touched the ground, there was an earthquake. And the curtain that separated the holies of holies was torn. And I like the way the Bible emphasized from the top to the down. And all that our Father was saying is, come, you have access to me, you have my phone number. 
Why are you living in fear? It's so sad when you see the way ladies are unwilling to let go of toxic relationships because of the fear that they will not get a man. You see the way people are unable to take bold and right decisions because of how fear has paralyzed them. They have forgotten that they have access to the one who says, the gold is mine, the silver is mine, the cattle upon a thousand hills are mine. The one who spoke everything we see into being, we have forgotten and we don't appreciate It's the issues that we don't really know who God is. So when we say we have access to him, we don't really appreciate. That's why I'm trying to use a human figure to help you relate. If some of us should have the president's number, that is all is enough to change our lives. It's enough. The president will not have to do anything. And you see, that made me appreciate why people are taking pictures with important people or what we call celebrities. It's just to show that challenge. I've had access with this big man. I have had access with that big man. I've had access with this footballer or this basketballer or this boxer. That's the reason why people are obsessed with just taking a selfie. It's to let people know that, Charlie, I'm not a small man. No. I have so and so's number. And God is saying, that you have my number. You have my spirit dwelling in you. And yet, you live a defeated life. Look at the way you complain throughout the year 2022. You wasted the whole good year because you didn't know that you had my number. He says, in that day, I will be amongst my people. And God is just sending us a reminder that we have access to him, that we should therefore come boldly unto him. We just want to spend some time meditating on these gifts that God has given us, even in this season, the season where the angel visited Mary and said, for his name shall be called Emmanuel. When God was making, or when God took another step to bring us back into his arms. Like the father, father in the parable of the loving father, he was standing at the door or at the window of his mansion waiting for his son to return. And God is saying, the father told his first son that, oh, don't you know that all I have is yours? Don't you know you have access to my inheritance? Why are you behaving as though you are a pauper and only one good is what you need? You have access to my whole inheritance. And God is letting us know that you have access to everything. He says, and behold, I have all authority and on, on earth and in heaven has been given unto me. And he said that you have access to me. You have access to the Father. Do you know who you are? Do you know who's number you And I'm praying for him so that in this season, God will make this truth more real to us. God will reveal himself more to us. And we will walk in the reality of the gift of access. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless us so much. And thank you for spending time even in your festive season to expose yourself to the Lord of God. And I believe that God has renewed your mind. God has empowered you. He has communicated grace and impacted faith and hope into you. See you next week, even as we look at our crowning message from the Lord for the year 2022. Remember, the God of the 11th hour is still not late. Continue to give Him your best and make sure that the only thing you owe any man is love. Thank you. So check out our YouTube channel, Renew Your Mind TV, and be blessed. Bye-bye.